Welcome back to Messy Truths Podcast. This is Mar recording from Montreal. This is Nisha J. You know where I'm recording from, the Kanagahage Nation. Shout out to September 30th, Orange T-shirt day. Get your shirts on, get your orange on this week. You're going to have to break that down for me a little bit later, but I'm Azar and I'm recording from New York City. So the orange shirts is in, well, September 30th is the first uh, day of reconciliation for yeah. the indigenous peoples and communities in Canada. But not in so- Quebec. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, so September 30th is the official holiday. It's the first one that we're that Canada is celebrating this year. And um, so, That's yeah, great. orange, orange is the symbolic color for that community. And uh, yeah, if you're in support of it, absolutely wear orange. Yeah. Not my favorite color, but I'll be rocking the orange. Yeah. I love it. I'm a rocket on. I'm a rocket on the 30th. I guess it reminds too. me of Halloween. Given them talking about Prison Bay, all of that reminds me of Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I hate Halloween. So. Getting, getting right to it. I am so excited for our episode today, ladies. I yeah. mean, I am so hyped. First of all, I'm probably going to be oversharing, so I'm just giving you a disclaimer. <laughs> but guys, we are talking about Prison Bay and non-traditional relationships today. So I hope you guys came with some stories because I know... You all have something. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> on the record now. I have not dated any oh, prison bay. Not have, prison bay necessarily, but you know, non-traditional no. relationships. Now, I can get with the non-traditional, but the prison bay, that's that's not for me. That's not my portion. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Mar, you got something for us? Mm. You got something? I was, the I was all about that life back in the and day. I- <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, I was so lost. So lost. I mean, listen, we got some stories, guys, and we hope you can just kind of listen to us with a non-judgmental ear today. And we'd love to hear what you guys have experienced, too. Please just come by our Instagram, Messy Truths Podcast, and, you know, share with us in the comments, if you will, so we don't feel so alone out here. And you can tell us about how you met your prison day. And do they call them... (laughs) Yeah, I'm they call them prison bay today. So first of all, let's explain a little bit about how this subject came up. Um, I think you mentioned on the first episode, Oz, about our radio show that we had at McGill University on the radio station CKUT 90.3. And there was one evening or one morning, because of course we used to do it at four from four to six a.m. every Saturday morning, uh, playing the best in underground hip hop, but very very tired. Um, and so there was one morning that we came to the studios and we, I I think it was me. I think I noticed that our, we had mail in our mailbox, Mm -hmm. which we never do. It's usually just flyers (laughs) to parties around the city and whatnot. And there was an envelope in there and I handed it to you. And it was just basically a a letter that was addressed to the cypher Queens. So you opened it and It was a letter from, of all places, the Upstate Correctional Facility in Malone, New York. And exactly. So, so just so people understand, Montreal, how many hours away are we from Malone, New York? I'm going to check. You, you keep talking. I'm checking. But nevertheless. I, I'm going to say like three, maybe two or three hours. Yeah, because we're pretty close to the border, to the U.S. Mm-hmm. border. So the uh, the frequency, the radio frequency actually goes as far out as Malone, New York. And it turns out that at this upstate correctional facility, they were able to listen to CKUT 90.3 FM. And um, and that's how this person who contacted us and wrote us a letter, actually, that's how, that's how we reached out. It's not three hours oh. it's oh. one hour and 45 uh, minutes ah right even Two, better even closer. even closer even closer even closer yeah but but listen guys i want to read this the first page because and there's many pages because um it's first of all it was so inspiring the time that we did get the letter i definitely got very emotional um you know you cried about that whole yeah i cried and i cried again when i found the letter today but anyway <laughs> so i just want to get right to it because i think it's it was something So, dear Cypher Queens, it's my hope this letter will find you ladies safe, well, and in a communicative state of mind. By now, you probably noticed this correspondence is coming from a correctional facility in New York State, so allow me to introduce myself. 
So he goes on to introduce himself. I'm not going to give his name out, but I will go looking for him online later, just so you guys know. (laughs) I am from New York City. And believe me, I would never give thought to waking up at 4 a.m. to listen to anyone. Not Flex, not Kid Capri, or none of the top DJs or station personality shows in New York. However, weekly, I'm with you ladies, grooving and laughing my ass off with the comedy you ladies uniquely display during your show. Ladies, at Upstate Correctional Facility... You ladies are sure enough celebrities because sometimes when the officers try to turn the dial during your show, the whole prison goes into an uproar and starts screaming and kicking the cell doors and the officers have to quickly put the dial back on back on you ladies and only that can assure that the guys will calm down. Guys, can you not? Come on. Can that we, was a please? great letter. It was sorry, a great letter. Sorry, yeah. See? Yeah. We were definitely doing our thing and having so much fun on the air at a ridiculous time of night. And the fact that we, and by the way, that was the first of many letters. And the fact it was, that we yeah. were, yeah, we were getting this kind of reaction and not just from the letters. And this is going to lead us to a whole other segment, but hmm. we actually were pretty early to get onto um, the internet thanks to. Thanks to DJ Static and all the guys um, at CKUT who helped us set up yep. at WeFunk, who helped who helped us set up um, and Professor online Groove and Professor yeah. Groove. He totally hooked me up and showed us how to put our episodes that we would record online. And because of that, we started gaining some some international fans too. So shout out to all of our international folks who tuned into us, but. It, it was just so much fun, but this was very inspirational to us. And every week we got some letters, some of them very inappropriate, but others were super, <laughs> super cool. After that first letter, we went right on the air and you went on, you basically said, I want every single one of you to bang on your cell door <laughs> or whatever it was you were telling them to do. And they, and we found out later that they actually did that. You caused a ruckus. in Malone, New York, but it was such a, it was such a great letter. We, we thoroughly appreciated it. And just like you said, yeah, there were a a whole load of letters that started coming to our mailbox weeks and weeks and weeks after that. And it just kept going on and on and on for many months. It was great. Right. And actually, interestingly enough, further on in the letter, this gentleman asks if we could talk about him and describe him on air so that he could have some female pen pals, if you will, to reach (laughs) out to him, which is really just kind of like the inspiration for this episode for us, because, you know, I'm sure we have all kind of met, you know, men, women, whatever, through very unconventional ways. Um, I definitely have. So, we thought this would be a good time to kind of talk about those experiences and how interesting they have been. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think actually, I'm not, I'm going to squash conventional because people meet the way they're going to meet. Right. It's like, it's, it's, it's faded or muck tub, you know, it is what it is. So I think we need to squash that conventional because when the internet came, all of that, uh, everything the, changed. So actually there is something new. I want to funny. I want to mention you know, everything changed. You're right. But the new thing is now is mask strobe lighting. Because when you meet folks. Say what now? Mat, mat, <laughs> you know when you, okay, you remember that Black Sheep song, right? Strobe light. And then you turn the light on and then you're like, oh shit. That's not what I expected. Not even oh, I, re- I remember that. That's, That's like at right. the dance hall parties where you're whining, whining and grinding up on a girl or a guy and then the lights go on and then you realize, ew. ew. But Gross. now you got mask strobe lighting, right? And, you know, my brother and I went to a restaurant and <laughs> we got masked. Let me just put it that way. Home girl <laughs> lowered her mask and him and I looked at each other like, oh, shit. And so all that to say, though, is that there are now, I don't think it's conventional. I think you meet people the way you're meant to meet people. And it is what it is. Nowadays, it's, you know, it's quite entertaining to see the World Wide Web open up and, and find your partners, right? I mean, I found my partner in Japan. So that's that's unconventional. So I want to talk about that. That's exactly what I want to talk about, as a matter of fact, because here we have a successful right relationship that 
was blossoming through a non-traditional means of meeting someone. So can you give us a little bit more? Uh, well, I like to travel. Remember I told you last episode, I'm like that wanderlust. And mm-hmm. uh, my husband is definitely the rock who makes me stay. <laughs> and I was going to Japan. So actually, there's a story behind this Japan story. I was dating a narcissist. I'm going to tell Colin what he is. He was a narcissist. A live this is narcissist. the LA producer? Yes. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned oh, him already. You wanna, mm-hmm. Shots fired, Bar. You want to put out there, shots fired. But yeah, I was dating an L.A. producer. I won't name names. You suck, but I won't name names. And um, he was a narcissist. And he was going to do some work in Japan. I was going to Japan. And we had a whole trip planned to Japan. And that didn't work out because narcissist parting words were, I had to teach you a lesson that not everybody's nice. Okay, bitch. But whatever. Let's move on. So I was still going to Japan. Now, y'all don't know what I look like, but I'm black. So going to Asia, I was like, oh, I got to do some research about being black in Asia because I had been to China and it wasn't always a pleasant experience. Some parts were pleasant. Some parts were not pleasant. And I wanted to make sure I was going to be good. I didn't want to have to go through some other things. And I wanted to make sure culturally I knew what to do. So I, I hit up this Facebook group called Being Black in Japan. And then I'm, my husband's there and he's talking shit. And I was like, talking to bro like we just hit it off because he banters I was going to buy a bag and he wrote back to me his opening line was you know you don't need that bag right like you're just wasting money and I'm like who's this dude talking to me like you're we're familiar so I really didn't pay him no mind because he was in Japan and I was you know in Montreal I went to Japan he was the first one to message me and I was like on Bumble and I loved Bumble. I had a whole thing going on with Bumble, right? I didn't have to pay groceries for a minute. I was good. <laughs> <laughs> I was good on Bumble dates. I had dates lined up. I was really wilding out after my last relationship. So I get to Japan and messages me. I have a student, by the way, a former student who lives in Japan, very successful. So I felt like I'm good. And homeboy wants to go on a date. And I was like, nah, I ain't going on a date with you. And he says, why? I said, because it's 11 o'clock at night. Now, all of you who are in North America know that anytime after 11, you're trying to go on a date, you're trying to smash. You ain't trying to date. It's It's a a booty call. call. So I said to him, first of all, this is exactly, I'll never forget our messages. I said, I'm black in Japan. You're black in Japan. If we disappear, no one gives a shit. So I'm not coming out of the hotel. And my husband at the time was like, can you just come out? I just want to see you. I'll come in the lobby. I said, no, because they still don't care if I disappear. And he was like, come on. I was like, I'm not coming out. All that to say, in Japan, they date late because they work hard. And so they go on dates at this time. But I'm North American, so I don't care. He's like, he says to me, there's police boxes. I said, I don't care. I'm not coming out. So I didn't come out that night. The next morning, ugh, it was a wrap. He took a picture of the sunrise. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. That's what really started it. Then he stayed on the train with me all the way. It's better to take a train in Japan to the airport than an Uber. He took the train with me. He stayed with me on the phone until I boarded. Aww. And then he said to me, you know, I'm moving to Canada today. And I was like, what? Yeah, we were both going back to Canada on the same day. And then I was like, oh, okay. Now he became an option. I had met some cute guys on the plane. I had stopped over in China. And I found myself worried about him because he was stopping over in Shanghai. I was in Beijing. And then we landed. And he's like, oh, I want to see you. I was like, okay. Now, this time it was in the daylight. It wasn't no 11 o'clock. So we met. And then I told Mark. 10 weeks later, we were getting married and it was a wrap. But we did talk for a couple months, you know, but now we've been married almost three years. So it's all See, that was beautiful. I love that. Yeah. But I wasn't going out. Dr. Nisha is married on the exact same wedding anniversary as mine and my partner's. Which is fantastic. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Same wedding anniversary. Same wedding anniversary. So we share that. I do too. Actually, we're married in Ozzy's birth month too, so it's like May yep. all around, May all around. But no, he. Um, but you know, my husband's a different type of dude. Uh, he's Muslim. We're Muslim, so he's like he doesn't court to date. He courts to marry. 
So talking about, well, traditional, but untraditional, we actually sat down and worked out our Islamic marriage contract, like what went wrong in the past relationships. We sat down and we talked, we even sat down and talked about vacations. Like I can go alone, he can go alone, we can go with the kids and we can go as a family. So, I mean, we really approach this like adults and, you know, that's one of the benefits of getting married later in life. I think we sat down and, you know, we handled our business but no, yeah, it started off with um, a konnichiwa and ended in an I do. So mm. thanks, narcissist. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> you're you're right about that. As you get older, there's a lot more things you have to work out because you're set yeah. in your ways. You've got a life, you know, you're you have responsibilities and so forth. So there's a lot more things you have to consider. Um, I met my partner on eHarmony. And oh, uh, when you. When you go on that site, let me tell you, they make you go through a, I think it's like a 45 minute long questionnaire uh, that you've got to fill out. And it's really, really important questions. Questions like, for example, they'll ask you, um, you know, do you, are you concerned if your partner has a history of drug addiction? And then they'll even go so far as to ask, is it, is it, um, of little importance or highly important because, you know, some people have a varying flexibility about what they will and will not accept. And so when you go through those questions, it makes you like, think about whether you even want to be on the platform altogether. There's people I know who went on there and they quit the questionnaire in the middle of it. They're just like, look, you guys are just asking too many intrusive <laughs> questions here and I can't deal with this. But it's really scary because it's questions that you would normally never even think about, you know. And so uh, I completed it and, you know, I, I ended up having a date with my partner and, and you know, 11 years later, we're still together. But uh, 11, yo. 11 years. Yeah, we've been together. Yeah. Um, but in the, you know, in terms of the un other unconventional ways and, you know, relationships and so forth. Like before the internet, obviously we're all meeting people at school, outside, you get hit on at work or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, there were a couple of guys that I dated that uh, went to prison. Uh, After or before <laughs> or during? <laughs> One of them already went to prison and then he was out and then he went back again. And then the other guy, he had never gone to prison, but then later on I found out that he did end up going to prison. And it was always the same thing. It was drug dealing. Yeah. Always the same thing. And, um, you know, the thing is, when you're dating drug dealers, you got to go, <laughs> you have to pretty much go by their schedule, right? They're up late at night. <laughs> and, and like, it, which is really funny, because at the time, I was going to college, you know, we were, we were at, uh, at Dawson. And uh, I would like, one, the one guy I was dating at the time would come and visit me at just like the most perfect time right when my classes were ending at the end of the day and I was like oh hey you paid me a surprise visit that's because he was there either to sell to somebody at my college or it was on the way to like some sort of errand that he was running or whatever so it's always convenient in terms of you know timing um and then they're up until like you know four o'clock in the morning just doing their thing and and it, in the end, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't bode well for like a real serious relationship, obviously, <laughs> but at the time it was, it was, you know, I was young and, and had very little experience and, um, yeah, it was really crazy. And I, the other guy who had already been to prison and then when we met when he was out, um, I'd heard that he actually went back to prison after we broke up, but then oh. here's the crazy thing. I met him outside of a metro, outside of a metro station. I was on my way to work and he was approaching me. And I don't think that he quite remembered who I was. And I think it's because he smoked too much weed to the point where he, <laughs> didn't, he, he didn't even remember that we actually dated for a little bit. So that's, that's kind of how really messed up his mind was. But nevertheless, he was actually... He was he was an okay guy, but the, it ended because um, I tried to break things off, but I was just like I didn't know how to do it until <laughs> finally, 
what really ticked me off was when he came by my apartment. I was like already asleep and getting ready to like have a good night's rest for work and school the next day. And he came to my place. This is like after midnight, I think it was, or at midnight. And I'm like, yo, you don't wake me up. Don't wake me up out of my sleep. (laughs) And he literally like came by unannounced and rang the doorbell and was expecting to come in. (laughs) It was just like, nah, bro, you are not coming in here. This is not happening. And at that point it was like, no, 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 I, I, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. Obviously I knew I was getting involved with guys that I had no future with. And the good thing about me is that I could cut it off very easily. I knew when to cut it off, but it was just figuring out how. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, you guys already know that I had a prison bay. I didn't realize I had a prison bay until after, um, until after he became my real bay. And during the time that he was in prison, he was reaching out to me. He who shall remain nameless. Um, was a, a rapper at the time and we used to play his stuff on the radio on our show and he reached out to me and was you know whatever trying to kick it but very respectfully so he wasn't you know an actual prison bay but ended up being a prison bay post prison mm. he's a post prison <laughs> bay but anyway yeah <laughs> point being there was that one time but I think one thing that was interesting is there you did mention Miranda before the internet but the internet started popping when we were kind of like in our late teens, which is actually when I started actually dating. And I met my first boyfriend on a bulletin board system. Shout out to G Boogie. I'm sure he's listening to the show. Still remains a really good friend of mine. But I guess, you know, I was thinking about it today when I was thinking about this topic. And I was just like, I wonder why I gravitated into meeting meeting people that way. And I think it was definitely a self-esteem issue for me back in the day. Like I felt like I could be myself online versus when I met people in person or I was really just kind of shy and not super confident in person, but online, I really let my whole personality shine. And um, I think that's, that's what ended up happening to me. And actually I had a little bumble foray too, Misha. I'm sure we talked about this, but a few years ago, I'm not going to mention exactly what year it was, but I, um, <laughs> I, uh, I had myself a little, a little fun on Bumble. And it was really interesting because one of the things that I noticed is that white guys post a lot of pictures of themselves with fish. I just don't get it, guys. Is that symbolic of something? What's up fish, with that? A lot of fish, a lot of big fish. Big fish. Oh, man with fish. <laughs> all kinds, all kinds they of. They need to show you what their cat, fish. what they caught that day. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm wondering if that's like really, you know, comes from the, you know, hunting and gathering era or whatever that shit was when, you know, they. This is how, what I can provide a giant fish. <laughs> fish. But anyway, there was there was a lot of that, and there was that awkward moment when I saw my ex husband on the app. But that was, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Drop the phone instantly. But anyway, point is, that was fun. But, you know, obviously nothing serious ever came of that, you know, that time of that era. Yeah. Um, But I definitely think it's because Bumble's really not meant to be that app, right? I'm hearing a lot of good things about Hinge, eHarmony, you mentioned. Um, I feel like Hinge is like the place for people to go. I think they have a tagline, like they, they want you to delete the app or something. That's the purpose of Hinge. Really? Like, yeah, as in like, you know, you find your they man. They want you then, to find the one. And they want you to get rid of that. I think that's their tagline. Put them out of business. It. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess eHarmony and, and what you were talking about with all those questions, like you might not think about those things when you meet somebody in person, you know, just a tr- by attraction or just because, you know, you're like, they appeal to you in a certain way. But those are things that you have to, those are issues that you have to face in a long-term relationship, right? So getting mm-hmm. ahead of it and being able to talk about those things before any other physical attributes and shit come into play. I mean, I think it's important in this day and age. We don't have time. We ain't got time. And honestly, what it, prison bay or not, you looking for unicorns. That's what the problem is. We out here looking for unicorns. I mean, I have a lot of single friends and, you know, I realize when I'm always happy for my friends because at the end of the day, if you can't be happy for your friends who find somebody, 
then you got problems your damn self. That's how I feel about it. But a lot of people out there hate. And I always have to remember to kind of pull back on the happiness I'm feeling. But you know what I realized? And I, I just said this to my husband the other day. People look at us and they're like, oh, look at Nisha and, and you know, Mr. Z. And they're all, hey, hey, hey. You don't know how much work I had to do to get that unicorn. Okay? You don't know what I had to do. I had to go to Asia to find a black man. <laughs> okay? So let that sink in. I had to go to Asia, to Japan, to find a black man. That's crazy. And I mean, I pretty much, I would, I, I'm very like, I date outside my race. I mean, pe- I mean, we can't get into that. We're calling names, but people know. If you know me, you know who I dated. But I had to go to Asia. That's crazy. That's a that's craziness, right? So I think people need to realize, like, when you're looking for your unicorn, because that's what they are, you've got to, you know, do the work. And it's hard work. And it's hard work even after you find them. Okay? Yeah. It's hard work. So, oh, I think that's the hardest part, right? That's oh. the hardest part. It's hard work before and all those questions, those serious questions that are asked of you when you're filling out that eHarmony questionnaire or, and, or you're considering being in a committed relationship with someone who you want to, you know, be with, whatever. The point is, is that you need to be ready. If you're not ready, you're not, you're going to bail. Like you're totally going to be scared off. And that's the thing. Like people need to be real with themselves about what it is that they want. If you want to be like a bachelor or a bachelorette for life and you don't really want to commit long term, just admit it. Like, don't waste people's time. Don't waste your own time. Like, treat yourself better in the process because you could be um, trying to fit yourself into a situation that isn't meant for you. And you know deep down inside that that is you know, that that is not the kind of scenario that you want to be in, but you have to be really honest with yourself and think about these things before you commit. And that's the thing. Women date potential. This is a big thing for me. Oh my God. If I could do selector rewind, I'll say it again. (laughs) Women date potential. It's annoying. This it is. is, and you know, this is why prison. Listen, see, there's a couple things, right? The reason I don't date prison bays is because my uncles went to prisons, my aunties have gone to prison. You come out and you see how hard it is to build a life in this society. Where, don't let me get all political, but prison don't do shit for people who go to prison. Right? Oh, absolutely, prison exactly. reform is necessary. I'm a prison abolitionist. People who know I'm a prison abolitionist. I didn't say burn down the system. Well, I would say burn down the system, but I'm not saying that there's not criminality, but there's this com- there's this understanding or this miscorrelation that prisons reduce crime. That's not true. No. But we can get into that a whole other session. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, though. People come out like, I look at my brothers. Both of my brothers have records. They've had to climb out of that stereotype of being con- convicts, post-convicts, and build a life. It's harder. It's much harder to build a life. And so when you're considering somebody and, you know, one of you have a record or both of you have a record, the odds are stacked against you. And that's hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard. You're not the RZA or the RZA's brother who, who starts <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan. And you could be, but the money. chances are really slim. Yeah, Very it, slim. it's really hard. It's really hard out there. And so you know, when you add that on to the relationship, uh, I mean, it is, yeah. But women, they potential. So when women see that dude, they think what they could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had to learn that you got to date what is. Yeah. And it was hard. I dated a lot of failed potential. Don't even get the analogy <laughs> that's going through my head right now. <laughs> but, you know, you have to date what I call the ambitious, established, ambitious person, the one who is, has a record of proof. Mm-hmm. Now, if you fail a couple of times, that's good because you still have a record that proves that you can do something. But I can't date. No, nah, I can't be dating no intern. Nah, no ambition intern. Mm-mm. Yeah, I agree. And I women think do that this. women do it all the time. And I, I don't understand why they do that. But it's 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 really bad. And you're setting yourself up for failure and misery and all kinds of problems down the road, because 
It's just basically you're trying to control the other person and make them mold them into the person that you want them to be. And it's never going to happen. Never gonna be that. It's never going to happen. Never you gonna could be lecture that. them. You could tell them, hey, you, you know, why aren't you this way? Um, you know, such and such as husband, the worst thing you can do is compare to somebody else's husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, you really want to stay away from expecting that that person is going to be somebody different than who they are. And I, it was a lesson I had to learn real quick. And the funny thing is, like, when I when I finally learned that lesson, I was mad as hell for like a couple of weeks. I was like, <laughs> I was mad as hell. But eventually I got over it and I was just like, like, what are you doing? You're just making yourself miserable. The only person that you can control is yourself. You yourself. can't control another individual. And you shouldn't be controlling another individual because the same way that you have the freedom and the liberty to be who you want to be and grow and evolve into the person that you are growing and evolving into is the same will and liberty of of your part of your partner. So you have to extend them the exact same courtesy that you're being extended and change will come. It'll come. It's just not going to be on your watch and it's not supposed awesome. to be. You know, you could and not on your terms. Yeah. Like you could have a partner who's, uh, you know, got a, um, you know, serious issues with, um, you know, boundaries or being able to discern between like when's family time, when's work time. If they're a workaholic and they do not get that they need to have better balance in their life, like, fam, just accept that that is who they are. Eventually, you're going to have to establish some consequences for that person. Like if they're not coming home for dinner every night, fine, eat dinner without them and let them make their own dinner. <laughs> but there is one thing that I don't understand. Okay. You could date a prison bay. I mean, you can date whoever you like. Now yeah, the consequences no, of that arrangement are all on you. I hear about these women who marry the serial killers. I don't That's know. weird. That, that, yeah, but that's, uh, I feel like that's a I feel like that's a fetish. But I do want to touch on the prison bay thing. If you think about it, right? For the, there might be like a series of women, and and it might be prison bay, and that's it. Maybe prison bay is never getting out of prison. I mean, there are some women who go in it hoping for prison bay to get out of prison, but some are just you know understanding that this prison bay is going to be locked up for the rest of the whatever. But you know, for maybe for an insecure woman, you look at that like, well, prison bay ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I know where to find prison bay. That's one committed relationship you can trust. What about, hold on. What if prison bay has a prison soap bay? Oh, listen, we're not. Listen, prison bay can do whatever prison bay wants to do. But the point is that if, if, if the woman, I mean, listen, I don't know. I, again, I, my prison bay situation was a post prison bay situation. Just, just, just putting it out there. I don't, I don't know, and I don't want to judge. And I know people have relationships, but it does come back to the potential. And really, you know, you get what you get, and you can't get upset, right? That, that's yeah. the point we're trying to make. Yeah, you can't. You got what you got. People will, sh- people will show you who you are, who they are, and you need to believe them the first time. Yeah, and that's much. that. That's what Maya Angelou said. Exactly. You sign that contract, you can't go back and be like, can we renegotiate? No, well, you can. You can annul the contract. You, <laughs> then they're done that. You but, can annul um, the contract, but I mean, it's a lot harder. It's just a lot oh, harder yeah, to go back definitely. and try to make changes. And the thing is, like, that's why, I don't know. I mean, look, we're not in the same day and age as our mothers were, right? We have options. There's a lot of options today. So if you're unhappy and you're not in the best relationship or you feel like, man, I just need to get the hell up on out of here, you have that you have that freedom yeah. to do so. And maybe too many options. I wonder sometimes if because of all of our options, a lot of relationships are like, well, maybe the grass is greener on the other side because they can kind of you know, tiptoe on the grass a little bit to see before they actually make the jump, you know, whereas back in the day. But now now you're getting into maybe they're not tiptoeing. Maybe they are literally in the field and, and you know, they're <laughs> pansexual or they're having throuples or um, open marriages, polygamy, open marriages. all kinds of things. And, I and mean, you know what? that's your business. I really I will tell you one thing. And I was like, first of all, I know Quran. So when we got married, I told him I will never give you permission for a second wife. 
So if you marry me, no, there's no second wives here. Because you need the permission from your first wife to get the second one. And I am a massive cock locker. There will be no <laughs> second wives. So, and luckily my husband was like, man, I can't take, listen, I can't deal with one woman. I don't need two. I was like, great. Keep that thinking going. Because actually the Quran says you have to be able to treat them equally. What woman do you know can be treated equally with another woman? So the Quran knew what it was doing. God knew what he was doing. Now, but I blocked that from time. That's in the marriage contract. Don't ever ask for a second <laughs> wife. I don't share. I don't play well with that. Mm-hmm. But then I see folks like I watch Sister Wives, right? Love this show. Shout out to the Sister Wives. And I think about it and I think, can I share a husband? And I, I, I'm like, I don't know, because they buy into the sisterhood. And I'm like, that's cool. I could buy into the sisterhood, someone who helps you out. You have a best friends with you forever. And, you know, those folks are really working on issues like jealousy. Um, they, they, they really do. You really have to believe in it to really be doing what they're doing in, in, their, in their version of the Mormon faith. And I say their version because there is different branches of Mormonism. But I don't know if I could share I don't want the sister wives. I think on paper, we always say no, yes, you know, those answers, those like strict answers. But then when you're in those situations, you really don't know. You really don't know. Like, for example, those women you were just talking about, there's probably some benefits to being in a polygamous marriage, right? You've got shared resources, shared uh, um, a household that... Is shared care. among everybody. Yeah, childcare from the other sister wives, and and if you get tired of sexual relations with one partner, you have the other one that you can go to. Hold on, but not the wives. They don't. Yeah. Only the husbands get that benefit. Yeah, I'm talking. So I'm that? talking about the husband. <laughs> oh no, the husband, no, that's the husband. The only one. He can I, go to the other, and that is an important business. part of the marriage. That is part of their arrangement and their agreement. If but it's for whatever not reason like, it's not working out, or somebody's slacking, or they're tired, or they have a headache, you can always go to the other one. To yeah, be fair it's... though, the ones that I know and I've watched, they really do it for the faith. Like they holistically are for the faith. Now I, I watch another one called Seeking Sister Wise, and that one's not all religious, but. I've come to really understand, like, you know, people who are in uh, throuples or open relationships. I think for me, on some levels, I give them their props. They're evolved. I'm just petty and jealous, right? I mean, real facts, I've been someone's mistress and I was petty as hell. I can't deal it. I cannot Hmm. share. I don't play well knowing that there's like, I'm not number one. In my man's life, I don't play well. Not like just that. number one. I see. I've heard that before. I've heard people tell me, "Oh, I'm number one. It's fine. I'm cool with that." You know, no, like the whatever. Only one, no, the only one. Yeah, and I feel only. you on that. And like that's the part for me that I just don't. I don't believe that as human beings we are meant to be polygamous. I, I just can't. This doesn't register. However, it's definitely not a shared you know, not everybody shares that opinion because I have absolutely know people who are polyamorous and I actually know successful couples. I actually know successful people who one partner is polyamorous and the other is not. And it's just like you were mentioning, Nisha, just an accepting person. And I mean, God bless you. You're better than me. Like you said, I couldn't do it, ma'am. It's different needs. I was, <laughs> I was a side chick once. I was, and yeah, I gotta lie, I was, I was not unhappy with it. I wasn't unhappy with oh, it. Oh, see, nah, I was too, but I was not happy because the introvert in me was just like, I don't like anyone around me anyway. <laughs> I like being alone. So if you're only coming around and I only get to see you sporadically here and there, like that's totally fine. You don't sleep in the same bed as me? Wonderful. Get out. Oh, gosh. I'll see you next week. It, it, it served a purpose for me at that time. It's is at, what the I'm time. Saying. at the time. No, but for real, I mean, yeah, like, I, you know, I, I refuse to call myself a side chick. I was a glorified mistress. But um, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work for me because 
I like to, I'm on the opposite of Mar. I like to do things. I like to go places. I like, like, you know what? This is going to sound so fucked up. But my mom tells me all the time, men are your accessories. You're not theirs. <laughs> so I like, like that. Yeah, that, this, you have to understand, I come from like an Amazon type matriarch. Wise words for Mama Ross. I love it. And Seriously. my mom used to always tell me, like, you can eat steak by yourselves. If he ain't bringing nothing to the table, you don't share your food. It's, it's a wrap. Like, I felt really bad for my husband when he had to meet my mom. Not because he got it. I got it. So, and my mom's question to him was, what are you bringing to the table? Because I know what my daughter's bringing to the table. And I was mm-hmm. like, mom. Like, But those are serious <laughs> questions. Your mother has the right to ask that. Yeah, but not in mm-hmm. some gangster tone, like, we'll make your body disappear. <laughs> but I mean, you shit. can't change your mom. She's gangster. That's how she is, you know? But no, I'm serious. Like, I like my partner to compliment me. You know, it took me a while to find him because I dated a dude who the more successful I got, the more verbally abusive they got. And I was like, oh, this is a problem. Uh, Insecure, insecure about your status and all your accomplishments. Yeah. But what I wanted to say is a mass shout out to the LGBTQIA community because I think they broke the parameters of cisgender relationships and what they should be and what they shouldn't be. Now, mm-hmm. there are some exceptions for me. There's some things I don't agree with them, like pedophile. Not that the LGBT community supports that. I'm saying there are types of relationships that I don't agree with, like pedophilia. I don't care if they come from ancient Greek. I'm not down. I don't think like an older person needs to be. That's unacceptable no matter what community you're but a part of. <laughs> at some point. Totally. Historically, it wasn't. There was a time where in ancient Greek, they would groom them. Yeah. Anyways. But the LGBTQIA community really taught me that love is really love. And if you find it and it's not abusive and it's not holding any records, you date who you are. I don't care. Like I always tell, this is a shout out to Texas lawmakers, get out of my bed and get out of my body. Mm -hmm. So who you date, who you sleep with, it's not my business. Yeah. If it's a young person who's a minor, that's my business. But other than that, it's not (laughs) my business. It's not my business. So I've got friends who are polyamorous and, and I ask them questions like, so hold on a minute. Do you have a schedule? <laughs> like, I'm mad curious. I'm mad yeah, curious. Yeah, I'm curious too. I'm curious right? too. I haven't, but, I haven't really asked that question, although I was once courted into a relationship like that and I was just like, nah, B, I can't do it, son. Like, really, I really, really can't. Um it's just definitely not for me. I think we should arrange to have somebody on who can answer those questions. Oh, my God. oh my God. I have the perfect person. I have the perfect I person. Totally, I totally, I have some questions. I definitely do. Yeah. And Let's that's do one, it. Okay. So I guess the shades of love, I guess that will be the new episode. <laughs> we can do something. Whatever. But we you know, there's a it. lot of tradition, untraditional relationships, right? Like nowadays, you know, what, what my husband and I did, like having an Islamic contract and stuff. People courting, people find that untraditional where people aren't having sex before they marry, right? There's this mm-hmm. pressure in society now that you got to hit it before you marry. Like you don't marry the cow without sampling the milk, blah, blah, blah. That's why I don't want to be a cow. But anyhow, um, you know, there are a lot of people who are returning back to some more stricter values where they don't want to have sex before marriage, things like that. What also I find interesting is on Netflix has Love on the Spectrum how folks who are artistic are finding love. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I like all that stuff. It's love, and listen, man. Do we deserve you. it. Whatever, you know, floats your boat, man. Like, who are we to judge? Whatever floats um, your boat, but I'm also of the belief that you need to be very open and honest and upfront right from the beginning. If you were, uh, you know, if you are uh, in a transgender relationship or dating someone or you are transgender yourself and you're dating someone or you're attracted to someone who's straight and they don't know that you have either gone through surgery or are considering surgery, you need to be upfront. You need to be upfront. I don't know if you guys, um, did you see uh, that uh, the HBO TV series, I May Destroy You? No, I have oh, well. with um, I want to see. Yeah, it, I, I've, seen it. I, okay. So, Mar, I know exactly. I try to watch it, but then there's this the sexual assault scene, 
And then I felt really triggered and I shut down. It, I it is an excellent show. And I, I highly recommend that you watch it and stick with it because there is. So later on in the season, there is an episode. I hope I'm not giving away any, you know, any spoilers or anything. But there is an episode where um, one of the characters is grappling with having been assaulted. It, it's He's actually a gay black man and he uh, goes on a date with a white woman. And he, I think he's just, you know, he's, he's grappling with the, with the aftermath of being assaulted. He's obviously going through it mentally and he does not inform her that he is a gay man Mm. and they have sex and on the date. And I'm just thinking to myself, it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. You need to tell the truth up front. So you at least give the person the option of knowing like, Okay, are the do they have any questions about your 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 history with other partners or anything like that? You owe them that much. And I was reading actually um reviews of that of that episode and it's amazing how people's point of view differs. In in one review I read that um the reviewer was uh saying that she didn't think that the woman w- should have overreacted and I'm thinking yes she should have. She had every right to over. It wasn't overreacting. She was just reacting to the fact that she had not been told the truth. So mm. I really think that you need to be upfront. And if you're worried about potentially being harmed, I understand that. It doesn't negate. It does not absolve you of your responsibility of being honest and truthful with that person that you're intending to be in a long-term relationship with. And if you feel concerned about your safety. Do it over the phone. Just, you know, tell them in writing whatever it is you need to do to be away from them when you're telling them the truth so that you can ensure that you are safe. Do that. But you can't hide that information. If you want to be in an open relationship from the very beginning, you got to say that right up front. Like this is the whole point about not being with someone for their potential and accepting who you have in front of you. I agree. I kind of agree. And then there's this other side of me because I've had this conversation with a Bumble date. Um, And there comes, you know, fluidity comes into play, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what if I am not just that? What if I am, you know, whatever feels right at the moment? And like, why do I have to label myself and tell you, you know, give you that definitive whatever label to myself with my sexual identity what if it's fluid what if that changes what if that's just my past and now because it's you and I love you you know that doesn't matter I mean if you're fluid and your your feelings are changing and you're you're ready to you know uh transition into a new area of of love with this person with this new person you got again be upfront be honest about those things you can't hide (laughs) you can't hide your history I'm not talking about counting I'm not talking about body counts. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your sexual history. Have you been with someone of the same sex? But I mean, these are important questions um, and discussions that need to be brought up, especially in a day and age where there's a lot of young people out there right now who are passing on gonorrhea and chlamydia to each other. And, you know, they're very, those variants are pretty wicked right now they're they're not even responding to anti antibiotics oh damn so it's it's pretty serious so you know but but no actually it does come down to what you mentioned which is choice and i just want to touch on that with regards to sexual orientation or not we were talking about being a glorified mistress nisha or just you know a side chick whatever Mm -hmm. that is also something that i feel like men should should discuss i mean there's been a lot of times where i've been approached no, but listen, if you give me that, let it be my, my decision. For like, real? why are you yeah. making me, you know, why are you making that decision for me and hiding the fact that you're in a whole other relationship? You never know. I might be open-minded to that. Not to say that I am, but you should have let me be the one to make the decision. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There are women who are open to that. It shouldn't, I mean, you can't just assume that the person's not going to be down. They might be down. They might be down. And if they are, that's perfectly fine for you guys, right. you know? I have to agree. There's two things that I want to add, actually. One, I agree that you should try to disclose 
um, your sexual fluidity because the thing is, what people don't realize, and I try to tell this to the kids at school, is that when you actually have sex with someone, you actually psychologically create these bonds with them. Like your brain neurologically creates emotion and pathway. An attachment. You know, especially as self-identified women, mm-hmm. right? Especially women. And then the second part is you're absolutely right. Like I remember when I was single, I was dating this dude and we were really kicking it and really getting along, like just going on good dates. And, you know, I, I, I didn't see the, I didn't, there weren't any red flags for me to see because you were available. I could call you anytime I want. Um, you came to my house. I've been to yours. Mm -hmm. So there weren't many red flags for me to catch. And then you drop it on me like, oh, I'm separated and me and my wife are getting back together. Hold the fucking door. (laughs) Hold on. And the worst thing is, you know, homeboy has like, he saw me the other day and he's like, oh, you're married now. And I'm like, did you think I was waiting around for you, bitch? Like, (laughs) what is that? And I find that annoying because, you know, I had a conversation with him and I said, yo, you at least you give somebody the choice to decide. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, oh, but I really liked you. Oh, so you put yourself before, you know, building an honest foundation with someone. Like, see, that kind of selfish, petty shit, I'm not in it. Mm-hmm. You let people know up front. I agree. Let people know. Just be honest. Just say it right from the beginning. Because if you're going into the relationship thinking or le- le- leading the other person to think that you're being faithful and then they discover that you aren't, like, that totally rocks everything. You've literally totally. ruined your own foundation. And then Completely. that person is probably going to think like, oh, great. What did I get into? You know? Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's, it's, it's unfair. I've actually been approached both ways. And, and when I was approached by a married man who said, listen, I just want to have fun. Like, you know, I'm never going to da da I was like, oh, cool. Thank you. Respectfully. No, but you know, Thank you for at least giving me that that option, right? Like there was yeah, no lies told down for that. Yeah. yeah. And funnily enough, actually, you're right. A lot of women are more attracted to that honesty because I think there's a part of us who, part of them or us, whatever our our gender that believes like, oh, we could take him or we could take her, you know, right. from your partner. There's that, you know, there's that thrill, and some people are just at a point in their life where. You know, they just want to party and bullshit, like Biggie says, right? Mm-hmm. So, or they don't least... want all the drama and the commitment involved in a in like a a full on one on one relationship. Yeah, that was that was literally my thinking back in the day when I was the side chick. I just didn't want the drama because I already had enough crap going on. I'd lost mm-hmm. my mother. I was going through school and trying to, you know hold down a job so I could pay for school and pay for a roof over my head. I mean, there was a lot of things going on. The last thing I needed was a committed relationship. But mm. I mean, you know, it worked. It, that's what worked for me at that time. That's what I would, that's yeah. ultimately what it was. Well, speaking of traditional, what I find interesting though, is when men find out, like I'm speaking from a cisgender point of view, when the men that I've dated found that they weren't the only one. They thought I was doing something <laughs> wrong. I was like, hold on a minute. Hold on. If you, like, I, I, I see, on my Bumble profile, I was mad clear. Mm-hmm. I'm out here looking to have a good time, you know, whatever. I, I'm not necessarily sexual. I mean, if I wanted to have sex with you, I'll have sex with you. But I'm out here looking to have good dates, right? Yeah. I want to be courted. That, I think that my profile something like, I want to see, show me what you got. Like some Rick and Morty shit. Show me what you got. So I remember I was on a date with one dude and he's like, so are you dating other people? Hell yeah. He was like, oh, you're really bold. I said, bold or honest. But this is how men have been dating for years. And it's funny when you were going through your Bumble era, I said the same thing to you. This is exactly how women should always date. Never put all your eggs in one basket. That's what I did when I was um, doing my online dating. I actually mm-hmm. had three different profiles going yeah. one on Why each, not? on each platform. And the eHarmony one was just one. And there were two other guys that I was talking to at the same time that exactly. I had met my husband. Can I tell you something funny? It was my birthday party 
um, at the time that I was on Bumble and I decided to try to do something funny. I never went through with it, but the whole thing that I wanted to do was with all these guys that I was talking to on Bumble. And again, I want to stress talking to, so I wasn't out there. You yeah. Know. But we talk, yo, talking you know, in sometimes- dates doesn't necessarily equate to sex. Exactly. And you know, some, some, you just want to make out with them in the car, right, Nisha? But others is just like, whatever. But anyway, (laughs) the point is my birthday party was coming up and I was just like, yo, I'm going to tell each one of these guys to show up to this place with a rose and I'm going to make my own version of the bachelorette. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Yeah, I was so, I was going to go through with that shit, but everybody was just like, please don't, please don't do it. That would have been funny, though. Damn. But you see, but this goes back to traditional relationships, right? Where women have to be, wait, yo, I, I, like, who made that shit up? Who made that up? I mean, I really, you know, I tell my husband all the time, you're very lucky you took me off the market because I was hitting top notch, right? I was, like, I was yo. really out there. Girl, yeah, can I, I tell really you, out I there. feel you, because when I tell you everybody I swiped on Bumble sw- swiped me back, a girl was feeling herself. Right, you're feeling yourself. <laughs> At one point, like, I was going out for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and I don't eat a lot, right? So these guys were like, oh, you're a You cheap. went to work. Yes. Yeah, you definitely. <laughs> yeah, I told you. You played it right. That's exactly how you're supposed to do that. See, the best I was part sleeping. was I was dating two guys who knew each other, but they didn't have, didn't know they had me in common. Mm. It was so funny. I was like, and I was telling my best friend, right, who's also a rapper, um, he was like, yo, niche, like, they know each other. I said, that's not my business. That's and not what? my business, right? And what? And what? And when they found out, like, they looked like their feelings were hurt. And I'm like, hold on a second. If y'all were dating two other girls, you wouldn't be telling me. At least I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. It's that right? double standard. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. such a double standard. But their feelings were mad hurt. I got to tell you, I I caught feelings on Bumble, though. I did. I caught feelings. I caught feelings for this one dude. And he really let me down, man. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. You're still thinking about it now. I shed a couple of Tupac tears for that guy. Oh, no. Because it's about chemistry, right? We had a conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I told him. I was just like, yo, I'm feeling you. And he was just like, I'm sorry, boo. I'm out here trying to have a good time. So, like, I'm not trying Aww. to do it like that. Aww. Well, at least he was honest, though. Yeah. We got to get Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> can't remember his name. I was going to shout him out, but truthfully, can't remember <laughs> well, I guess, you know, whatever. That's not. <laughs> I have healed. <laughs> the power of Messy Praise God. Podcast. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, like, Women have a right to explore their sexuality. Amen they have a to right that. to explore um, who they want to be with for the rest of their life or for the moment. You have a right to not be waiting, but to seek. And I, I, yo, I had Bumble dates in Japan before my husband. He was like, what are yeah. you doing tonight? I was like, yo, I'm at the Kuzaka having <laughs> karaoke with this Japanese dude. And he's like, Hell yeah. He's like, you know, they don't want to really be with you. I'm like, I don't want to be with them. I just want the clout of saying I went out with a Japanese dude in Japan. You know what? And dates are kind of like interviewing for a job. The more you have, the better you get yes, at them. That's right. You know, and you learn about you shouldn't yourself. Be, yo, you should not be out there on just like one date and expecting to immediately get another date with that same person. Exactly. Like you have to date around. You have to date different people, different personalities, different situations in order to know what you like versus what you don't like. Otherwise, yeah. and what are you doing? And people are in your life for, what do they say? A reason, a season or a, a lifetime, season. right? That's right. Yeah. And honestly, uh, like... Real talk there, if you date somebody and that's your one, I'm happy for you. You date multiple people and you find your one, I'm happy for you. At the end of the day, do you, boo. Do you, right? I mean, I know I was, I mean, I'm surprised I ended up with who I ended up with because I have a massive attraction for American men. Massive. That's almost what I love to date. American black men got swag for days. I love it. I love it. And it's very intoxicating for me. You know, when I see a, a black man in Atlanta with the beard and the swag, I'm like, ooh, wee. And when I met my husband, I was like, you maga, you maga, what's up? 
<laughs> maga. Well, that's the way you got to feed him. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, maga means he's skinny. I like my dudes like football types. When I saw him, I was like, where's your swag, bro? Like, what's, what's going on here? But he had Japanese swag. And I was like, there you go. but you know what? At the end of the day, he's such a gentleman. And that is what, like. He makes up for it in other areas. Exactly. He got key. swag now. And he got yeah. marriage belly. So he got a little bit. Can I just put this out there? This is a lesson that I learned the hard way. You are not going to find happiness in a relationship. Nah. Nope. Happiness is inside of you, babe. Yes. It's you. It's all you. When you put your Preach. happiness first, everything else will flow. The second you rely on somebody else to make you happy, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Yep. Absolutely agree. On that yep. note, I'm going to tell you, my cousin sent me a book, 365 Days of Prayer. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. But I stayed single on purpose for a year. And I went out there wilding out. It was so bad. I'm surprised God forgive me because I woke up drunk on my birthday and went to church. Okay. And I went to mosques. I was really going to hell. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> At least you went. Okay? Yeah, it's true. But I had sunglasses on, Mark. I That's, was like, Ooh. It doesn't matter. You were there. You were present. You were present. Yeah, you showed up. You showed up. And I sat down there and, I, and God and I worked out a deal. I was like, I'm going to take 365 days to figure out like, what's this about and i think that's the work that people don't realize that oz is talking about like when i got right then i felt like i was designed and he was designed and we met yeah but there was a time where i wasn't right and things weren't right and things weren't working and you know you've got these uh these these folks who fill gaps but they're not mm -hmm. like you know they're fillers you need to fill yourself and i'll never forget that because shout out to to Ziplocs from Il Groove Garden. He hey, like, Ziplocs. He was like, yo, you went to church and prayed 365 days. You still got married. You left me out there hanging because we, we had a whole <laughs> deal. It was a deal that I wasn't supposed to get married. And then four months later, I was checking out my wedding dress with Mar and Oz. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to do this. It's just, you know, but the hard work. You're right. Hard work. You were it's totally personal. right about it's, that. It's work on yourself. And that's all it is. And, and and like you said, you had to get right in order to attract what's right for you. That is um, super, super important. No one else is going to do that work for you. You need yeah. to dig deep inside and really just pay attention and address the issues that are going on in your life. Go to therapy, go to God, go to whoever it is you need to go to in order to heal because- you're not going to find healing from your partner. They're not going to make you a better no. person. They can enhance you, enhance yeah. your relationship, but you as a person, that's on you. That's not anyone else's responsibility. And it should not be. It is your responsibility to make you happy, not anyone Absolutely. else's. Broken and, whether, broken. and whether that person or those people come through you, come to you through Prison Bay or any mm -hmm. other online app or whatever... You got to get yourself right to be ready for that, to be ready for what is meant for you. Seriously. If you're wondering on that, how no, to do guys. Oh, go ahead. Let's do it. Let's do it. I was just going to say, if you, if, go ahead. if you just want to think like, you know, we're talking about this, but honestly, it, for me, it was really starting with affirmations, conversations, therapy. Like we talk about it, but I'm going to tell you, like, if you want to know what the work is, it was really looking at myself and my life and saying, where do I want to be? And doing that affirmations on the wall. My niece and nephew used to come over and be like, is auntie go losing her mind? She got all these little sticky notes all over the house. But I put it out there and I and I did some reading. I did some praying, looking at my conflict style, looking how my relationship with men, with my father, how yep. I see it. All of that work had to be done. And it was, that's what I'm saying. A lot of folks don't see the work you put in to get to that point and the yep. work you put in after. So that's just some concrete things, right? Look at yourself. Have a real look at yourself and, and ask yourself, like, what am I bringing to this world in life? Even and, and then a partnership. Real talk. One last thing before we end off this episode for the we talked earlier about women who are marrying or trying to marry potential. And it ties into what you just spoke about, Nisha, in terms of acknowledging when it's time for you to change. I want to let women out there know that. Um, 
the majority, I'm not saying all men, but the majority of men, they're not going to change for you and they're not going to change for a really long time. You know when men change? When they face consequences and they're hit, like they either hit rock bottom or there's some serious, serious, like major issues going on in their life. Um, and I've, I've told this to some other friends of mine, like they're in long-term relationships with their, with their boyfriends or husbands or what have you. And they get really ticked off because their husbands are not evolving. Their boyfriends are not evolving and changing and maturing. And I keep pointing out to them, guess what? In the majority of cases, men will work on everything else and work on themselves last. They will work on their car. They will work on their house. They will work a lot on their careers. They'll do everything for their careers. They'll work on how to make more money. They'll work on traveling the world and, and doing all of these other things. They don't really do um, personal development. That doesn't really come until later or until some sort of incident in their life occurs and they need to take some time to reflect. So just a word out there for <laughs> any of the you know, women listeners, you're expecting change. It probably won't come right away. It may not come for a long time. That's just been my experience. Just putting that out there. And on that and, uh, note. <laughs> shout out to the prison bays. Shout out to prison bays and the upstate and anyone who's at the upstate correctional facility uh, who's there now and is out now. You know, hopefully not there now. Hopefully, hopefully not. not no, no. But um, this has been, you know, messy, but it's the truth. <laughs> definitely messy. Hard yeah, truth. So thank you for thank you so much for listening to us and definitely send us some more of your feedback in the comments. Let us know about your stories and some topics that you'd like us to discuss on future episodes. And share with friends. Share with everybody. Follow us. Sharing is caring. Except when it comes to men. <laughs> in some cases in some cases yeah all right peace y'all love y'all